everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 39. Episode 39, Dan. What are we what are we talking about today? Well, I finally got my December books, so we're talking about Green Lantern Core 43, Green Lantern 49, and Blackest Night 6. Very nice, very nice. Uh, before we go into the episode, shall we do a quick word from our sponsor? Yes. If you've been listening to the Lantern Cast, then you know our sponsor is Aroba Silver. That's arobasilver.com. You uh, you go there, you check out, you know, the, they have uh, a bunch of silver jewelry. But the thing that we are really big on is the Green Lantern rings that they have. They have, you know, quite a nice selection of Green Lantern rings. Their their newest Green Lantern ring is a black band. Like, it's a, it's a silver ring, but it's a black silver band. And, like, you know, right up front you got, like, the, the silver and then the Green Lantern symbol in green. That's that's a really nice one. You have Kyle's ring, you have Hal's ring, you have actually a ring based on Kyle's old design from back in the day. You have one of my, my one of my personal favorites, the Alan Scott ring. I love that ring. It's so beautiful. Such a unique thing to be able to wear, you know. They have rings, you know, in all silver, rings with certain parts in green. They even have Green Lantern cufflinks. And you're you're taking a look at these things also, right, Dan? I am. And you know what's what strikes me like the the first one you mentioned with the black band. Yeah. It's got it's got the black band. It's got the green Green Lantern emblem, and the space behind the emblem is white, like the circle on his chest. And it just it sticks out to me. Like it kind of reminds me of Super Friends, you know, like like the way Hal's ring looked on there. Yeah. So like if you're nostalgic for those. For the glory days of our cartoon childhood, you might want to take a look at that. And the one I kind of like, thumbing through the catalog now, they have one. It's it's the same basic design as that ring, except the body is silver, silvery white. The background circle behind the emblem is one shade of green, and the emblem itself is darker green. So and it's like 3D on top of it, so it looks, I don't know, it looks sharp. Is that the three five two six? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes, three five two six. That is a cool one. And we should say, like like these things range about like like fifty bucks. Uh fifty nine ninety nine around there. Yeah, about like the one I just referenced is fifty four ninety nine, the newer one is fifty nine ninety nine. Although don't we have oh. to <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were setting me up for that. Yeah, although we have a promo code DSC10, that's the letters DSC and then the number 10, and you enter in that promo code and you save 10% off your order. What you call it, check out the, the top items. If you go under categories, there's a section for top items. Yeah, check out some of the things that they have. They have a phantom ring. They actually have a couple of different phantom rings. A Doctor Who ring a Twilight Cullen Family Crest ring. Oh, I'm all about that. Yeah, they have the uh, the tribal design from the Werewolf Clan from Twilight. Um, Star Wars Jedi symbol thingy. The Seal of Solomon ring. Cobra from G.I. Joe. And then coming up at the very end, the last two, an X-Men Phoenix ring, which is, like, totally cool looking. And they even have 
a red ring of death ring. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, like, I don't have an Xbox 360, and so I've never had to deal with the red ring of death. But, like, this ring is just, like, it's so unique and cool-looking. Man, it, like, if you if you have dealt with the red ring of death or, have, I don't know, had to overcome it or something, you know, and this, this symbol means something to you, then, like, buy this ring because it's sharp. It looks like it should glow or, like, be candy or something. <laughs> be candy. <laughs> it's it's a very delicious ring, and... For fifty four ninety nine, if I want to eat my ring, I should be able to, darn it. <laughs> uh, so, com, everybody. Check it out. As you can probably tell, it's definitely something that we like. So, check it out. They have great stuff. Okay. So, shall we go right into Green Lantern Core number 43 now? Yep. First, we're going to play this. Hey, Lantern Cast, this is the Master Hero again, uh, calling once again with a reaction to a Green Lantern Core issue, uh, specifically 43 this time. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, somebody who is on the cover is going to become a, a Red Lantern. Um, and while I thought that was really cool and it seemed like a really cool idea, I don't know if it was carried out the, prop- the way I would have wanted it to be. Um, although we, I kind of feel like the Kyle thing was kind of a cheap cop-out. Although we learned something about the uh, the violent lanterns that could be very well important over the course of the story, I feel like that was kind of a weak way to do it. Although, if they had done it with a no-name character, I don't know if that would have been as cool, but that's my reaction to the issue. I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Um, I still love Blackest Night as a whole. I still love Green Lantern series. I love Core. I just I didn't like this issue, and it didn't, it didn't hit me the right way. Um... Hopefully you guys uh, have a good um, Christmas and New Year. Congratulations on the wedding. Um, talk to you later. Bye. A Green Lantern Corps number 43. After Kyle died at the center of a Green Lantern battery explosion last issue, we can now see Guy fighting to keep Kyle's ring from flying off to Mogo. Meanwhile, Saranic is trying to revive him. In the process... She and several other Lanterns are fighting to keep the Black Rings from taking Kyle. Guy loses the battle to hold on to Kyle's ring, and his rage acts like a magnet to Vice's red ring, and uh, Guy is pretty much taken over by that red ring. He starts going on a rampage, and meanwhile across the planet, Miri and Crib have finally tracked down Crib's babies to Oa and realize that they're the Black Lantern babies. Um, they kind of have a little skirmish, a little argument there, and, uh, you know, Miri gets drawn away to Kyle, you know, him being dead, and that to her love for her dying love. Um, Miri gets, you know, pulled over there, and, uh, Miri pulls, like, this, like, kind of heart whammy to bring Kyle back to life, using Natu's heart also. So, Kyle pops back to life. His ring, like, you know, starts coming back to him. He becomes a Green Lantern again. And uh, as they're all about to go off now and help Guy, you know, Guy Gardner as the Red Lantern, they realize that they're going to have a little bit of extra help in the form of Mogo. What would you think of this issue? This 
Alright, this has been a long time coming for me, because everybody else has read this, like, month, like, I feels like months or years ago now. <laughs> but, I was, I was largely pleased with it. Like, I had some nitpicks here and there, okay. but like, like, I, I just thought it was fun, you know? It was a nice fun issue. It's by no means perfect. But, like, we got to see a bunch of stuff that I'd been wanting to see for a while. You know, we got, we finally got Miri and Crib back. Alright, right. I don't care that they just spontaneously showed up on Oa and we didn't see anything, we haven't seen anything from them for, like, eight months or however long it's been. <laughs> I'm glad they're back. I, like, I missed these characters. And it, it, it was just, it's, it is, after months and months of being teased with this Guy Gardner cover image, I'm so glad to finally just see him ripping up stuff as a Red Lantern. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I like the character and everything, but, you know... I'm glad I'm seeing him, like, brutally physically tortured like that. <laughs> you know, um, I, I have to agree with you, on, especially on the Miri aspect. Like, I love this character. Every time she pops up, it's like, I'm happy she's there. I, I, I can't say that, like, you know, more of a, a, more of a recent character that has been created. And we even got one of those awesome Miri energy blossoming shots too when she's yeah. when that heart tether forms like every every time she shows up they manage to work in one of those and it's just an it's like an excuse for gleason just to just go nuts and draw something that looks cool yeah. and it always looks cool oh yeah absolutely let's let's talk about the thing that that probably has most people crying foul a little bit and that is the immediate return of kyle rayner well I mean, like, why... I, I can't imagine why anybody would, like, really cry foul. You know, it's like, they didn't really play it up as a major death. It's not like they were, like, uh, you know, saying... It's like, you know, oh, be here, Kyle Rayner dies, you know. You know, this is going to be a huge issue. Like, that was a shocking moment. That was, like, a really shocking moment. Yeah, and that that's why, like... Like, the surprise factor is what made it a big deal, you know? Like, when I read that, I was, I, I was like, w- what? What? And, like, the, everybody I loaned that issue to, this is, we're talking about, uh, 42, the issue before this, and they didn't see it coming. And they're like, it, it, it just had such an impact. Like, I, there were people on our forum who, like, if they were being serious, like, they teared up when it happened. So it's like, like, it was a spontaneous, death that it, it would have mattered for the story mm-hmm. and it mattered to the readers who have followed this guy for like a decade or so so it's like it was i was really surprised that they went back on it the very next issue but saying that it, it's it's a weird place because like i love the sequence where he came back you know that that uh page turn where you get like him the whole, like, welcome to the Green Lantern Corps thing, and the font is all decayed for the Blackest Night thing, and you have him in, like, the full-page shot of him just with his ring erupting with energy. Like, that was an awesome moment. And it, it was, like, this unifying moment for every other character in the book that it, it really just brought everything together. Yeah. It's weird. Like, like I liked it, but at the same time, I almost wish they didn't do it, you know? Part of me wishes, like, all their efforts would be in vain, you know? Well, I mean, like, it makes a lot of sense to bring him back, like, immediately, you know, with with the rings, like, trying to get at him. If they were going to bring him back to life, 
it's like either it was going to have to be really quick or they were going to have to deal with Kyle as a Black Lantern and then hopefully be able to somehow bring him back from that later on, which we don't even, you know, we don't know what the circumstances are going to be with that. I assume that's what they were going to do. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I guess that, that was, all well, that was definitely a possibility. But then the other thing was, um, you know, like his death, like I said, it wasn't a giant spectacle. It was completely out of left field, and it was all, you know, it was all about the story. Like, the entire purpose of it was for the story. And bringing him back in the story, again, it's not like, you know, this giant publicity event, like, oh, it's the return of Kyle Rayner. It's like, no. It's like, this is the story. This is the natural progression. This is what Tomasi wanted to tell. You know, he dies, and he's brought back to life, you know, because of Saranic's love for him. I mean, I can absolutely understand anybody who complains about it being, like, just some, just like a stunt death. It's so weird. Like, I'm in this gray area with it where I'm, I agree with both sides, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing, though. I want repercussions from this because it seems to me like the way Miri resurrected him, like, I don't know if she was being, if this was a lot of hyperbole or if she was establishing some kind of link between their hearts and that just jump-started him or if, like, now they really are linked in some way or something. Because that whole, the whole thing of, you know, he lied and said he saw Saranic when he really saw Jade kind of thing, mm-hmm. that's still out there. That's still going to have to be dealt with. And now you've got these two where, you know, maybe their continued love is what's keeping him alive. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it'll be interesting to see if they go that route. But the other thing that I, I look at is that, you know, when she does it, you know, she grabs both of their hearts and she says, you know, with an infusion of love and will, two hearts are one. And that's how, it, you know, it gets jump-started. So it's not happening just from love. It's happening from love and willpower. So, like, you know, it's like this is the kind of thing where, you know, as, you know, you can only, like a Blue Lantern only has power when there's a Green Lantern nearby. This could be the same kind of thing, where if there was no Green Ring nearby, she would not be able to link two hearts and bring people back to life. This could just be something that she's able to do with the infusion of a green willpower, you know, energy. It could be, like, like speaking to what's in their hearts, because, like, she... Natu really loves him. Mm-hmm. Kyle, um, I'm still... The, jury, the jury's still out for me. <laughs> I think he definitely loves her. Did you get, like, like a Matrix 3 vibe from this scene at all? Because, like, like, did you ever see the Matrix where, like, like, what's-her-name is, like, basically dead and Neo reaches into her and, like, squeezes her heart and she, like, comes back to life? Yeah, in the second one. Was that the second one? That was the second one. I, I actually just watched that this weekend. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> the first two are really good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's one other thing that I thought was, like, fantastic. Crib, you know, like, Crib is like, you know, oh, my God, my babies, when Guy Gardner, you know, as a Red Lantern, starts just, like, burning all these Black Lantern babies. So she's going after Guy, and Guy rips yes. off Crib's, you know, arm with her, her ring hand on and shoves it down her throat. I, I mean, 
That's that's insane. That's insane. I like I want to see repercussions from that. I could almost see guy doing that like <laughs> if he was normal. <laughs> so it was like oh. Oh man. And I love the fact like like guy is using both his rings together. He's yeah. using the green and the red and like like this is this, like this is what I wanted to see happen in the vice thing where like there's green energy and red energy going everywhere and it's severing connections all over the place. Like that's that's awesome. That's why I thought we were gonna see happen when they let out Vice a few issues ago. Yeah, this is what Monk should be doing. Yeah, although he's he's he got a little better this time, but mm. still, you know. Yeah. Uh, also interesting to note is uh, Guy Gardner's costume right now as a Red Lantern. It's the Red Lantern symbol on his chest. However, the the upward slants, the where it slants out happens, like, slightly above where the circle is. So it's a perfect Green Lantern symbol on its side while also being the Red Lantern symbol. That's awesome. We finally got to see Kilowog in one panel where he's not, you know, you know. <laughs> we don't have to see Ermi this issue. That's always a plus. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I thought it was a little weird that... The black ring that's trying to get on Kyle's finger kept hesitating. Like, did, was that supposed to be anything? Because uh, at first it's like it's like Kyle Rayner of Earth, and it's like Kyle Rayner of uh, and that, at that point. Oh no no no! That's it's, shooting at it. But. I don't think it's hesitating. I think that just goes to show, like, you know, many different panels of art in like this the time span of it saying it regular. Oh, uh, like, it's like that, that, um, like, if it were a movie, this would be the, sl- the, where it all goes to slow motion before, like, the killing blow strikes the person in the face kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like, that's, you know, it's being said at the regular, you know, pace, like Kyle Rayner of Earth, Rise. But in that time span, you have, you know, now five panels happening instead of just one. I like how, um, you know, how last time we we talked about how, uh, you know, should Kyle, should all those Black Lanterns come back still, even though Kyle incinerator, incinerated them, and here they are. As we see, like, Guy struggling with the ring, we start to see those Black Rings are getting up, and they're starting to reconstitute their, their bodies. Mm. So it's like, even if... Like, just, just to make it even more tragic, if, if Kyle has stayed dead, it would have been almost totally in vain. Because, like, he didn't actually remove the enemy, he just beat them back for a few minutes. Well, in addition to beating them back, all those black rings then were instead trying to go after uh, Kyle. So, you know, like, they, they kind of got a little bit of a reprieve there. Like, s- some of the bodies, you know, were regenerating, but I think, you know... One, I think a bunch of the bodies were just completely incinerated, and, you know, there was nothing left for the ring to, you know, to take back. But I think also, um, you know, since they were so busy trying to get Kyle, you know, it gave them extra time to, like, just defeat the rings as opposed to trying to defeat a Black Lantern with a ring. Uh, one other thing that I'll note on the, you know, one of the last couple of pages right after Kyle gets welcomed to the Green Lantern Corps... You have, on this page, you have Miri from the Star Sapphires. You have a whole bunch of Green Lanterns. 
you have Monk from the Indigo. Right above that, you have Guy as a Red Lantern. And he's holding Crib, a Yellow Lantern. Which means that on Oa right now, there are five different members of the different cores. All they're missing is blue and orange. So, just pointing that out. And, you know, I like... I liked the ending here, because I did not expect... Because I think they've always even said, like, the, w- one of the things Mogo can never do is actually go to Oa. Because, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> gr- the gravity and crap would wreak havoc and all that. Yeah. And here he shows up. And I am happy, because I've always wanted to see Mogo just blow the hell out of something. <laughs> and it's never <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I, like you said, I was completely... I wasn't expecting this at all. So I'm like I'm like dying to see what they do next next issue. Yeah, cuz if you think about it, it's not just that Mogo is here. All of those unclaimed rings are here now too. Oh. And oh jeez, okay. I just remembered a few issues back. Oh. Before yeah, before Ceranic got distracted, her and Eyelid were bringing the the wounded from the infirmary to Mogo. So she probably brought Mogo to help. Oh god. Oh wow. I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> well, that means that there's a whole bunch of really weak Green Lanterns though, like right there, and a whole bunch of Black Lantern rings. Right next door. So Mogo Bear, step it up. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the next issue now. Ah, well, Green Lantern Corps number 43. Makes you wonder, like, what are they going to do to get Guy regular again, you know? Well, okay, so what's the only thing that can douse the red flame? Blue. Yes. They don't have one of those. <laughs> well, not yet, but... If they have everybody else from all these other different cores, it would seem like a matter of time before, you know, they would have to, you know, get a blue anyway. So maybe they'll realize, hey, you know, we need a blue lantern to to save Guy. I wonder if Miri could do anything. Because, I mean, the big problem with taking the red ring off is that his heart doesn't beat anymore. And here you've got a lantern that can both directly affect and physically interact with other people's hearts. So, I don't know. She's pulled one miracle out of nowhere already. <laughs> she might as well go for two. Well, you know, the other thing that I'll I'll mention, and this is kind of, well, this is going to be a spoiler for Blackest Night number six, but we're going to talk about that anyway. Uh, all the Black Lanterns are headed towards Earth. Every single Black Lantern. That's like, that's their goal. Every single one is headed towards Earth right now. So, if they don't have to worry about defending, you know, Oa, then, you know, because if all the Black Lanterns are, you know, cutting out, they're leaving, like, then they don't have to worry about that. Well, now all of a sudden that leaves them free to go somewhere else to get, you know, a Blue Lantern or head straight to Earth. True. Okay. So, you know, all in all, issue was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Had kind of a, a lot of, you know, cock your head to the side and go, huh, moments to it. But, you know, I liked it. Me too. Shall we move on? Oh, let's move on <laughs> to all right, Green Lantern forty nine, the the long promised all John Stewart issue, which you know we'll get to that in a minute. But... <laughs> now, oh, if you 
if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you probably know I, I want Jon Stewart to have more page time. He's always, he, he's the character that he just shows up once in a while, does something or says something, maybe he punches somebody, and then you don't see him again for, for a few months. <laughs> and then, and then, and then we hear, oh, Jon Stewart's gonna have his own solo adventure or solo issue, whatever, in number four now. Okay, great. I've been looking forward to it. Sat down to read it. And I will say, like, the first, the first four, four or five pages really, like, really hit me as being good. Like, I read, like, up through, like, this title, like, the title spread. And I even, I never read the little, little intro boxes of, like, the origin and now they're, like, former Marine something something, Jon Stewart, blah, blah, Green Lantern. I never read those boxes. But for this one, I did. And, like, it just had this whole air of, like, this character could carry a book. I would, I want to see solo stories about this character. I knew that going in, but this, that just reaffirmed it. And it, it was so, I want to say short, which it was, it was only like 16 pages, but I want, but. <laughs> wait, like, wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you before you, you know, just start giving your, your whole thoughts. Why don't you give a synopsis of the issue first? Okay, so <laughs> last last time we saw John Stewart, he had he had descended upon the planet Xanshi, which was all black, had a Black Lantern symbol on it, and this is the planet that he let explode years and years ago because he was overconfident, cocky, jerk, whatever, and he had found this old rusty Green Lantern battery, and we had seen like a shadowy figure wearing both a green and a black ring, and we're like, what the hell is that? We find out the battery belonged to the Green Lantern Corps member, Drick. And this, like, his whole deal was, like, there was some problem with the the life support dealie of his ring. So when he was supposed to die, he didn't die. He was this kind of weird zombie Green Lantern dude. And, you know, nobody could really figure it out. He hasn't been seen for a while. Turns out... That was him wearing both rings. So all of a sudden, Jon Stewart is confronted on the surface of Zanshi by Drick and the population of Zanshi, all his Black Lanterns. And, you know, he actually, I thought that was kind of cool. He tries essentially the same trick that Kyle did with his kamikaze move on Oa, where he blows up Drick's old battery. Except, I guess, guess it's old and not a lot of powers and what, I don't know. It didn't work. It didn't work. So he's just fighting all this planet full of zombies. Kat Matui shows up. I think the last time we saw her, she was taking off from Oa in a Green Lantern Corps issue, so she came straight to Zanshi to go get him. And we got this flashback sequence of John during his Marine days, his whole introspective view of, of killing and what does death mean to him and how does he deal with with the lives he's taken both as a Marine and as a Green Lantern on Earth and in space. And he, they push him to the point where he just, he just says, you know what, enough is enough. I can't keep beating myself up over the same thing forever. I'm moving on. Which, I liked that point. I feel like he was already kind of there, but I, I feel like this was like a, uh, kind of a final word on it. So that was nice. And he, he, launches his full-scale assault on the Black Lanterns again until he realizes that, you know what, they're trying to get a rise out of me. 
they want me to stay and they want me to keep fighting and I could fight them forever. They're a whole planet of zombies. So he does a smart thing and he just leaves. He does what Kilowog should have done. And he, he takes off figuring, you know what? Oa is right around the corner. I'll get help. Except apparently Zanshi can move and Earth is right there. And that's the, that's the end of the main story. So we'll, we'll stop right there. Right. But yeah, that was, I think it was 16 pages. And it was, it was so, I mean, I feel like there was almost nothing there, you know? Like, we got so much meat out of, like, Green Lantern Corps and Blackest Night this round, and the Jon Stewart thing was, like, it was almost reiterating what we knew about the character already, and then saying, okay, I'm gonna move on from this now, and then it was over. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I, again, I'm glad they've had, they gave kind of the final word on that, but you didn't need a whole issue to do it. And like, and again, I, I'm glad he was smart enough to realize what the Black Lanterns were trying to do and get out of there before they could do it. But it was like that was like too little, too late, you know. So you didn't like it? I didn't really like that. Like that, to me, this was like like a poor to mediocre issue that was peppered with good things. <laughs> and like to me, it just it hits home. The idea that Jeff Johns just doesn't really want to write about Jon Stewart. Like, if if he did, we would have gotten better than this, and the character would show up more regularly. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I don't know about that because when the, the trade paperback in Brightest Day, I think it was called, which was basically, like, stories handpicked by Jeff Johns, you know, to go into a trade that he wanted you to read... One of them was, like, I don't think it was uh, John Stewart's first story, but, like, you know, the issue where he unmasks. And, you know, that apparently is a an issue that has resonated with Jeff Johns. So, you know, I don't think that he doesn't like writing John Stewart. I think maybe he's trying to, you know, he's taking this issue to kind of, like, put John Stewart in the limelight so to speak. Uh, and, yeah. you know, kind of like, you know, set him up like, you know, look, this guy, this is what he's all about. Yeah, okay, maybe you've seen him here, maybe you've seen him there, you've seen him in Justice League, you've seen him in the cartoon, but, you know, this is Jon Stewart, this is how he's going to be from now on, you know, and here, you know, this is as many pages as I can give to him to tell you that, but from now on, when you read stories with Jon Stewart, like, this is what you're going to need to know, This this issue right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, I, what I'll say about this issue is that, like, well, for one thing, I really did like the art. This is, the main story is drawn by Ed Bennis, and the flashback is drawn by Marcos Mars. I like it. I think it's great. I, I'm a fan of uh, Ed Bennis' art, and uh, and especially, like, the way that, like, the whole thing with, with Drick, where he's a, he's a Black Lantern, but he's also a Green Lantern, so his costume is kind of like split down the middle. That's uh, that's a really cool effect. I like that. I hated the art in this thing. Oh my god, really? It was terrible. Like, all right, here's here's two things. First of all, remember back during Agent Orange, where I was like so disappointed in how lazy they got with Hal's merged composite uniform. Yeah. Where they just kind of made it like half and half, basically. Right. They did like the same 
pretty much the same half-hearted thing with Drick. It's it's not even it's like they just made his Green Lantern costume gray and stuck a half of a Green Lantern symbol on his chest. It's like right, that's that's up there with Batman's as like insanely uncreative Black Lantern attire. Um well well Drick also has the he's like got the like the Black Lantern, you know, leg kind of thing. No, he has a leg band. Oh the the other thing, like the flashback sequences Great, I like it. No, no complaints, really. All of, like, the present-day stuff, though, I liked Ed Bennis' work on the Titans miniseries that yeah. tied into Like His Night. Yep. With this, I feel like he, he not phoned it in, but I feel like he didn't spend as much time on this. Because if you if you noticed looking through it, and it, it's, it bothered me a little bit as I read it the first time, but I didn't really pick out what it was that was bothering me. Except for, like, a couple panels, there's no background in this issue. For the majority, like, you get past page one. For the majority of the panels in this lead story, it's Jon Stewart and a bunch of zombies with either some kind of light or darkness in the background. And every now and then you'll get a panel that actually has, like, like a structure or a horizon or a floor. And it's, it's just like these characters existing in some kind of like ambiguous space. It's like they're not even on a planet. Well, they're on a, like a dead planet. I mean, like, yeah, I kinda, I kinda like don't mind it with this because like, you know, with the backgrounds, like, okay, like when Katma is talking to Jon Stewart, like, Okay, well, when she's jumping towards him, like, it's black. It's completely black behind him for effect. But on the other ones, it's like, you know, it's like black sky, black sky, because they're all, you know, shots, you know, facing up. So obviously there's not going to be, like, there's no clouds on Zanshi. There's no dead zombie clouds. There's nothing in the sky to, you know, say. There's not going to be any tall buildings that you're going to see off in the distance. Even the page before that, like... There's a like a, a buttload of zombies. I mean, like, okay, so there's not a background, but he drew like you know, freaking I don't know, twenty zombies on this page or something like that. It's ridiculous. Look, look at the first page of the issue. There's rubble and broken down buildings everywhere, and then they're just not there anymore. Like, <laughs> but it's not. It's not everywhere. There's not even ground. <laughs> he's like he's going through like this one, like, cavern where there's buildings on the sides of them. And then after that, it's like, okay, there's some areas where there are buildings, you know, and most of the place there isn't. I didn't take it that this battle moved very much. Like, I mean, like, after the first page, like, you can see, you can kind of see, like, a little bit in that splash page for the title. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like looking there, you see the you see the ground in two panels of the page where he shoots at the the battery. Right. After after that, not counting the flashback stuff, you can tell they're actually existing in a physical place. Like a little bit on like the two page spread where he has the construct soldiers, mm-hmm. and then the bottom panel where he sees the Black Lantern kid. Like beyond that. There's nothing. It's like, it almost, like, they, this entire issue could have been set in open space and essentially been exactly the same. Like, the fact that they are on Zanshi 
didn't even matter. Mm. I don't know. Well, the other thing is, you know, he, uh, when he shot at the, the lantern, you know, there's like a massive explosion. Maybe that wiped away all the possible background items. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like it. I enjoyed the art in this one. Yeah, I thought it was pretty piss poor. So, <laughs> mo- although, although I have hope for the next issue blurb of the, uh, we get to see what the hell is up with the Black Lantern Spectre, but, you know. Oh, well, before, before that, um, what I wanted to, you know, talk about really quick, the whole thing with, with Drek, you know, it's like, it almost sounds like he's, like, trying to talk Jon Stewart into, you know, it's like, you know, you need to destroy us, you need to try something else and get rid of us, otherwise, you know, we're going to be coming for you. Yeah, I kind of got that too. And just the way that the ring worded everything about Drick's, Drick's uh, history, uh, what did it say, um... Further studies as to the exact reason Drick remained active were inconclusive. Like, it almost sounded like they were throwing this in here so that they could come back to it later, you know? Like, maybe there's a story to tell there, you know? As, like, why did why did the ring keep Drick from dying, you know? Right. Maybe not Black Knight related, but, like, I'd like to see them come back to it. Because, especially, like, like, it's, I really, I did like, I don't think I said, like, I did like how they brought Drick in. Like, yeah. when I saw him... I'm like, oh, that's so cool, because like we should have thought of that when we were trying to figure out what was up with that hand with both rings on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that at all. No, and like it's it's one of those Jeff Johns things where it's so obvious if you know the history of the of the franchise, where like like you should expect it, but you didn't. And um, you know, something they didn't do at all. Well, maybe they did, but they didn't really come out and say that plant, the plant Zanchi is sentient like we think, but maybe they did say it because <laughs> John expected the planet to be near the center of the universe where it's supposed to be. Right. And he comes off of it and it's like 10 feet away from Earth. So the planet was moving this entire time. So I don't know, maybe the planet is... Because let's, let's face it, there's a big Black Lantern planet next to Earth we just saw a big Green Lantern planet fly across the universe to get to Oa. Mogo and Zanchi are going to fight, and it's going to be in our backyard, and it's going to look awesome. <laughs> um, which, the other thing with with uh, Drek is that if he is, like, you know, trying to help Jon Stewart, um, and he's, like, fighting between the, the Black Lantern and the Green Lantern aspect, then, you know, it might go, you know to some of the, the idea behind his costume looking like a Green Lantern costume. You know, like, he's willing it to look like that. Yeah, but still, you know, make it look creative. You know, like like they did with Hal when he first got the blue ring, and it was kind of like, like almost like this fluid change of, like, the two, the two are trying to fight against each other almost. Don't just give us, like, hey, here's, like, a black version of his old costume with, like, half a Green Lantern emblem. It just looks dumb. It's just lazy. So what about the rest of the issue? <laughs> the rest of the issue. Oh, well, yeah, I, that, the other thing is I thought it was funny. It's like, yes, we're, we're going to devote an entire issue to Jon Stewart. And it's like, oh, yeah, not so much. We're dedicating part of an issue because there's a backup. 
I would like to see John get moved over to Green Lantern Corps or something. Just let let somebody else have him for a while. Just 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 uh, just just do it. I was just disappointed. Well, next issue is going to be Black Lantern Spectra, so that should be good. But uh, okay, so now the the next uh, the next story. Um, basically, the Gene Loring Eclipso Black Lantern takes Mara and Adam into uh, one of the rings, dark matter, you know, skeletal universe type of things, and explains the history of the universe and the, like, birth of Necron. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Well, well, one thing that I, I thought about was people that are reading Just Blackest Night, like, if you didn't read this issue of Green Lantern, like, how would you know... Like, you know, that the darkness manifested its own guardian, and that's Necron. I'm sure it'll come up in the miniseries. Well, you would think, but we'll see. Because, I don't know, that, that just seems like a large, you know, thing to skip. Speaking of, like, disappointments in this issue, did you... Because, like, cause a, an episode or two ago, we we went off of, like like where Necron could have possibly come from and he's a guardian and maybe the guardians are like him and maybe this and that. Yeah. What do you think of it being this simple? Like, if this is true, because we don't even, like, it might be true, we don't know if it's true. Like, how do you, what do you think of it? Well, I mean, I kind of do think that it is true, but by the same token, like, this whole page where, like, they, you know, reveal that he was manifested by the darkness... Like, that whole page, like, everything on it is so, like, cryptic and confusing. It, like, nothing's clear. You know, like, okay, the universe has been around forever. Uh, it just keeps looping, looping back into itself. But, you know, there's a beginning and end to life. And that's when, like, you know, all of a sudden, apparently, light just popped into the universe it was here for, you know, 700 years, which is, you know, what was revealed in an earlier issue of uh, Blackest Night. And then the black, the darkness splintered it. You know, it rose up and splintered it. That doesn't make any sense. That's not really telling us anything. You know, that's just like, that was already revealed in Blackest Night, you know. And then, you know, they're saying that life is afraid of the darkness and that the Guardians are waging a war against the universe and not for it. That part made sense to me, because, like, if if the Black Lantern's argument is that the way the universe is supposed to be is the darkness, and light is, like, a cancer on that, then, you know, what the Guardians have been doing to try and preserve life has not been acting in favor of the universe. It's been kind of like like, keeping the cancer alive, you know? Okay, okay, I see what you're saying then. So it's a matter of perspective. You know my thing with this whole this whole deal? Because, I mean, what was the big question we had and everybody had after the uh, Black and Snake 5? Like, what, why did why did Gene Loring take Adam and Mira into that black ring? And then we get this story here kind of explaining that, okay, she brought them into the ring to kind of show them, you know, why... I guess I guess to rile up Ray some more, because she made, she made a point to mention his compassion would grow or whatever. But she made, she brought him into the ring to 
reveal, like, where Necron came from and the truth behind the universe and all that. The accuracy of her words notwithstanding, I still don't know why she had to bring them into the ring to do that. So that she could, like, show them in, like, Dark Matter Vision, I guess. Like, she's showing them all this stuff that's happening. Yeah, but she's wearing a power ring, and she's a Clipso, so shouldn't she be able to, like, do that anyway? (laughs) Not necessarily, I guess. Alright, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, well, the other thing is, like, they're giving us these bits and pieces of information, but... Like, really, like, this isn't really, this isn't the secret. This isn't the big lie, you know? Like, oh yeah. the thing that I've been wanting to know about is, what the hell happened with Sector 666? Oh, yeah, them. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that I thought was the big thing. That's what I thought the big reveal was going to be. They basically massacred the entire sector, save for five inversions. No, the lie is gonna. The lie has to be something that we don't already know about. Uh, I don't know. They wouldn't leave it hanging like this for so long if it was something they they told us already. Plus, if that was it, then the fact that Atrocitus is running around would have like brought it to light a little sooner. I think. Not necessarily. I don't know. Um, what do you think of the fact that Necron looks like what we think Death would look like? That's fine by me. I'd rather it be more of a Grim Reaper kind of guy, but I guess if they're looking for like a comic book character, it would have to look a little different. Well, he kind of is a Grim Reaper kind of guy. I mean, he's carrying around a giant scythe. He's kind of wearing a like a robe. He just doesn't have a hood or sleeves, and he's all like skeletony. He's wearing a costume that like David Bowie would wear. And David Bowie is the Grim Reaper, so it goes. <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> oh. Out of all the action Dead Man's been seeing lately, <laughs> I can't believe we got an issue that has both both Drick and Dead Man in it, and they didn't interact at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I uh, want that Brave and the Bold team up, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what role Dead Man plays. I like seeing the Guardians molding those uh, square Manhunter batteries. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in this issue, we. Uh... We got a sneak peek of the future Blackest Night figures. Oh, yeah. Actually, that might have been in the Green Lantern Corps issue as well. Yeah, that, that was in the Green Lantern Corps. But, uh, yeah, here we have, uh, you know, pictures of Necron as an action figure, Dead Man, Hawkman as a Black Lantern, Aquaman, and the, uh, the Wonder Woman as a Black Lantern. Necron and Dead Man look the best to me. Necron definitely looks awesome. Aquaman's shirt still looks weird, because it's still, like, yellow. (laughs) That's an interesting choice for for Wonder Woman as a Black Lantern. Yeah, she doesn't look zombie-like at all. It's like... Which is accurate, but, you know. Yes! Is this the second or third Black Hand figure they've done? Second. That'll be the second. Okay. Because I know there there was one... Like, way back when, I think, Rebirth came out. And I guess, I guess this is the the first one since that. Yes. Yeah, Green Lantern 49. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was decent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you like crap. Oh, God. 
Uh, oh well. Um, we have a phone call to make. <laughs> yeah. Now let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do Blackest Night number six with a special guest. night number six and we have a special guest corwin kroll how's it going corwin okay thanks for having me back on again it's a pleasure to have you back how's your new year it was pretty good i just chilled out with the family unit um chilled out watched a lot of cartoons and built a lot of uh they're not lego blocks but the mega blocks or whatever those things are called uh the bigger ones with like the they're more bulgy yeah so i was building castles most of the most of the break with my son Nice. Good. Good times. Definitely, definitely. So you guys have already gone over uh, Green Lantern 49? And and uh, Green Lantern Core number 43. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts on either of those that you would like to share at this time? Uh, I absolutely loved the Guy Gardner parts of Green Lantern Core. Um, just him trying to stop that ring from flying off was... <laughs> Was, was kind of heartbreaking in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just, no matter what he did, he just couldn't keep that ring from flying off. And once he actually flipped out and got that red ring, it was it was pretty awesome seeing him rip those uh, Black Lanterns apart. I mean, he was going nuts with the chains and the and the size or whatever those blades were. I mean, it it was pretty awesome. The the love squishy lovey pardon, it was all right. I, not necessarily happy to see Kyle back so soon, but you know it was going to come eventually. But I think Guy really stole that issue for me. Uh, <clears throat> moving on to Green Lantern 49, wasn't all that impressed with it. I'm just really happy now that that uh, John has moved past Sanchi and now he's going to be a, a different person. He's he's grown past it and he's they're evolving his character at last. So hopefully he won't be moping around anymore. So really glad to see that the issue was just kind of. Meh, I'm glad that they got into the origin of Necron, though. I mean, we have an absolute answer of who he is and where he's from now. So who who hated Green Lantern 49? Because I know one of you really had to have uh, ranted on it. Present. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was... Yeah. Like, I won't repeat it all now. I was just... I was really looking forward to Jon Stewart getting some actual page time, and then we got this... And it was just, I don't know. It wasn't even a full issue. He he had an epiphany. He he had an epiphany. The light bulb went off, and now he's going to be all the more hardcore and and non-brooding. Yeah. Yeah. And look on the bright side. Next issue, we have a monkey back, and it's, what, double-sized or extra-sized? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Issue 50. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's 50 next issue. I completely forgot. (laughs) All right. Well, that's, that's better. Yeah, I I really missed Doug Monkey on this issue. I really and truly did. (laughs) 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you'll have to listen to the uh, the episode to, to just hear how much. Really? Let's move on. Okay. okay. Blackest Night number six. Corwin, you want to give us a, uh, a rundown of the issue? Okay, yeah, we could do this fairly quickly. Um, at the end of last issue... Necron used a Black Lantern Batman to reclaim all the heroes that who have died before. So now, uh, he instead of saying rise, he says die, and suddenly Wonder Woman, uh, Green Arrow, Superman, Superboy, uh, Kid Flash, Donna Troy, they all suddenly become Black Lanterns. Uh, rings go after Hal and Barry. But uh, Barry was quick enough to grab Hal and take off and actually use his speed force to go two seconds into the future so the rings lose their connections. Um, Ganthet realizes that the current core that he has, the current light brigade, as Jim uh, trademarked, which, Jim, you know what? I think Pete Tomasi wrote a book called Light Brigade. Oh, really? Oh, was that him? I, I think that was him. I was flipping through uh, some back issue bins, and I saw Light Brigade, and I was like, uh-oh, maybe that's why they couldn't use it, but... uh. Yeah, I think Tomasi or somebody actually used that name for a book, but yeah, that was like some soldiers trying to find some angel or something. I think I don't know what it was. I just saw the name, but uh, yep, Ganthet realizes they don't have enough power with the current members they have, and he unlocks some secret protocols in the rings where each of the colored rings are able to make a duplicate for 24 hours and deputize somebody else into their core. Um. Really caught me by surprise, but Ganthet inducts himself into the Green Lantern Corps, so I, I guess he's a... I'm kind of confused. I'm wondering if he actually gave up his immortality to do this or not, but now he's just a regular... He's not acting as a guardian anymore. He's acting as a lantern. Uh, the rings fly off, and now some of the stuff we've seen before makes a little bit more sense as Lex Luthor receives an orange ring, Scarecrow receives a yellow ring, Mirror receives a red ring, uh, Adam receives an indigo ring, and Flash receives a blue ring, and Wonder Woman receives a uh, violet ring, which shatters her black ring. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where we're ended with the issue, where there's a whole, whole uh, new group recruited into the different cores to hold down the fort until uh, reinforcements arrive. Yeah, that, that whole thing with Ganthet... First of all, that was an awesome moment, and I think that's probably my favorite little sequence of this issue, where he just announces, I am Ganthet of Oa, and I welcome myself to the Green Lantern Corps. And you just see that shot of the, him making the ring fly onto his own finger. I just love how that looks. That was a really good like half-page splash of him with the ring on. Now, we've, we've seen Hal's ring, well, at least I've seen Hal's ring duplicate itself before in Rebirth when it went to Guy. Have we seen any ring duplicate itself other than that time? I don't think so. There. there Did Kyle do it? No, Kyle couldn't do it. Kyle Kyle was able to do it when he had Hal's ring. When uh, when Hal went like I guess like uh, well I guess Kyle was time traveling. Um, Hal gave him a copy of his ring, so that way he could make copies in the future. Okay. Yeah, the um the whole the concept of making these kind of kind of temporary rings that only last for 24 hours, that's not something new. Like I can't cite specific stories or anything, but like 
I know, like, that's, that's a Silver Age thing that they used to be able to do. Cause there have been, there were stories where Hal, you know, he, like, they've needed help from somebody. So they make, like, a ring that's, it's not a construct and it's not a permanent ring, but you can generate it and it just dissipates after a while. It's, it's, it's one of those where, like, when I read that, it, it reminded me that, like, yeah, I knew, I did know that, like, years ago, but I haven't seen it done in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the the thing that that I was picking up on was it says that you know the rings are able to duplicate each other, but then like it's almost like a separate thing that they're able to deputize somebody for twenty four hours. So it has me wondering if these rings are actually just going to last for twenty four hours, or if the people that have them right now are just going to have them for twenty four hours. And then either the ring will dissipate or it'll go to somebody else. I think it would be cool if they suck around and they just found new bearers. Yeah. Like, I mean, my first instinct was that after 24 hours is over, the rings would just kind of dissolve. Yeah. Although, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit when we saw that panel of the, uh, the orange ring flying away from Larfleys, I thought it was going to Hector Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe that's its next stop, but... Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Now that, now that there is a second orange ring on Earth, you would think that if anybody was going to get it, it should have been Hector Hammond. Luther makes sense, though. Mm. Well, the thing about Luther is that, like, even when they show it, it's like he's bathed in the color red. You know? It's almost like, you know, here's somebody that really, you know, could get rage... And at the very, you know, end of those two pages, it's like, oh, no, it's greed. He's getting greed. Well, Luther is a character. I could see them making an argument for a lot of different rings. And I would, I could pretty much believe it, depending on which one they decided to go with. Like, like cast in the right light, no pun intended, I could see Lex Luthor getting a hope ring. <laughs> I don't see that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't think he inspires hope in other people. Well, I mean, his whole deal, like, I, I guess it depends on what interpretation you're reading or yeah. watching or whatever, but there's this whole thing out there where, like, Lex Luthor hates Superman because he thinks Superman makes it too easy for humanity to survive or whatever. Like, like if we didn't have Superman to use as a crutch, there's no telling where our society and our civilization might be now, like, what heights we could have risen to on our own instead of relying on him to pull us out of the muck. We could have been doing it ourselves and becoming a better people, you know? That that makes sense. That, that, that's kind of why he hates Superman. I can see that. But overall, I think he's a pretty selfish person. I mean, uh, I guess in lots of different times they cast him in that, that businessman role, that greedy tycoon role, as well as the scientist, which I guess he's back at right now. But... Uh, I don't see him as, I, I guess I don't see him as a good guy, so I don't think they could put him in any of the kind of quote-unquote good colors. Yeah. Mm. Plus, what's he been doing in every appearance he's had in this miniseries? He's been looking out for himself. Yeah. So, very true. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, what you call it? The other thing that you had mentioned, Corwin, as far as whether or not he's giving up his guardianship or not, you know, it's it is interesting that he makes a point of saying that, you know, it's his last act as a guardian. 
So, you know, it, it, it's almost like, you know, trying to emphasize that, hey, look, everybody, it's like he was a guardian, but right now, you know, he's given that up. He's not a guardian right now. So maybe that's going to be their out to keep Ganthet away, you know, uh, keep keep him around, you know, if they get rid of all the other guardians. Well, one thing I have to wonder about is why did he deputize himself with a green ring? Why didn't he use a blue one? And can he still wield the blue power the way he was before he got the green ring? <laughs> we'll put you on the spot, Jim. <laughs> yeah, Jim, tell us. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, like out of all out of all the the, the guardians, G- Ganthet has always been like you know he's always been for you know humanity. It's he's always been for the people um, more than any other guardian. Well, while all the other guardians are like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, take his ring away, you know, kick him out. You know, Ganthet's like, wait, 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 just a second. You know, we should listen to him and we should, you know, do this and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, like having an ally like that for for the, you know, the green, it, it, it I think it makes sense. It does make sense. You know, he's only been blue for a little while. And the blue, you know, they they still have uh, Sade. True. I would really love to see, like, like if Ganth has stayed a Green Lantern and, you know, his character had to kind of kind of try and live the other side of it, you know, like instead of being the, the dude in charge who hangs back, he's down there in the trenches with everybody instead. Like that could be like really interesting because that's not something he's used to. And that's. That's that would let him almost see the universe they're protecting and the work they're doing from a different perspective that he might not have had for a really long time. I get the feeling next issue will get the full explanation. It, it just seems like maybe he sacrificed his his immortality to do this. I'm, I'm not really sure, but there's got to be some downside to this because why wouldn't he just become just be a regular guardian who? always were able to wield the green power anyway. Yeah. Why does he need a ring now? It could be, because, again, we still... And this was something that I was a little... I guess I shouldn't have expected to find out yet. But we still don't know what the big lie is. So maybe Ganthet kind of kind of sees the writing on the wall and is kind of kind of <laughs> preparing for it, you know? I mean, because I, t- I read this, I immediately took it as, oh... He's just giving up his his station as a guardian. You know, he's still immortal. He still has all the power. He's just basically quit. When the maybe whatever this lie is, when it comes out, him having this ring and being a part of this core is the only way he could keep helping them. That makes sense. So, so here here's something that you know kind of sticks out to me. Blue Lantern, you know, Blue Lantern ring gets created, has to go to, you know somebody who inspires great hope. And the person that it goes to is Barry Allen. Like, what do you guys feel about that? Makes sense to me. It's, I think it's been telegraphed from we first, from his first appearance in this series when he was fighting Martian Manhunter. That was like one of the main colors that was seen for him. Yeah. You guys are totally on board? Well, for me, it comes back to the whole... I mean, between this and... I can't remember if it was this or the Green Lantern tie-ins, or Flash Rebirth, or some combination of all of them. But somewhere along the line, a character made a point that, like, in death, Barry Allen became this this kind of, like, 
this almost this this saint kind of figure, you know, like and I'm not trying to draw Saint Walker parallels. I'm just like just like he became so much more in death than he ever was alive that whether you're talking about comic fans talking to each other or other characters talking about Barry Allen, they kind of have him up on this pedestal like of this this character that was so heroic and so good he did he would do anything to save anyone he would you know he would he would just be that kind of guy and you, he's the kind of character that would inspire hope in a lot of people like you like look at the reverence the flash family has for him when he's around that's like that kind of thing like he he inspires it you know I see that. Yeah, when when you just reminded me of the whole, you know, him being the saint of the DC universe, basically, you know, okay, now I can see it. Why would you think? Well, the thing that I was thinking is, like, you know, you have Superman right there. Hey, he's dead. <laughs> so is Wonder Woman. Nah, she's fine. Well, <laughs> well, actually, even when Adam and Mira come out the ring, they make... He does make a comment that he's coming out of a ring that's flickering or something that seems to be malfunctioning. Mm. So I, th- I think that may have helped um, Wonder Woman overcome the black ring because there was something already going on with her ring. That's a possibility. Didn't Carol say something? Where is it? Where she can she can sense the trouble the violet ring was having getting to Wonder Woman. Uh, there is. The light is bur- is bursting inside her. How she's beyond anyone else. There's no one on this planet who loves it more than Wonder Woman. So it's like, in her particular case, it's like, it's like she's got this Black Lantern exterior that's trying to bottle up or eat away at this intense emotional interior, but it's too intense. So like, it's pushing out while the ring is trying to push in and it ends up crushing the Black Ring in, in between. Mm-hmm. And right before Adam pops out, he does say uh, he saw one of the black holes flickering like it wasn't working properly. I figured it might be on its last legs, and then that's when they pop out of the ring. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't go to Superman just because he's usually the obvious choice with some of these things, and I don't mind him being out of the out of the fight for now. And uh, Scarecrow for the uh, the Sinestro Corps. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I think everybody wanted to see that. Yeah, definitely. Remember when they teased us with that immediately after the Sinestro War? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, and then and then like, Hal showed up and said, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do that." And then they just <laughs> flew away. <laughs> yeah. What, he, he had a funny line too. I think he quoted something from Wizard of Oz with that too. I don't remember. I'll, I'll post afterwards. But yeah, yeah, he made a funny line about it. <laughs> um, what you go on that though? That two-page spread with uh, the Scarecrow. The second panel on the uh, the first page and the first panel on the next page, if you notice, there's a yellow lantern in both of those. Nice. <laughs> Good catch. Is this, like, I don't read any bat books, really. So, like, is is this whole deal where the Scarecrow, like, it, it basically he's, he's, uh, all his, yeah, all his fear gas has kind of, like, made him unable to feel fear himself. Like, is that something new, or has that been his deal for a while? You're asking the big-time X-Men and Avengers fan, so I have no clue. <laughs> oh, yeah. And <laughs> I'm not really sure. I haven't read... I haven't actually seen Scarecrow in uh, many of the recent uh, Batman comics, you know, whatever I have read. Yeah, because it struck me, like, 
like, I really haven't read this character very much. I've seen him a lot in, like, cartoons and movies and all that, but, like, I don't know, this, this is, like, the, this is probably the most consecutive comic exposure I've had to the character before. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like, I want to see more of those. And he, he looks cool in a Sinestro uniform, too. Yeah, nice and creepy. Now, something that, like, I've been saying was going to happen for a while now, Ray Palmer Indigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, o- but only for 24 hours, so there. <laughs> well, you know, that actually fits into what I said. Like, maybe it'll just be a temporary thing, so that they, we, he can uh, be an Indigo Lantern and also be ready for, you know, the summer when they do the whole 75th anniversary thing. Yeah. Now... I think somebody on the forum somewhere pointed out that this crew here is kind of a, a secondary representative of the original Justice League, where you have, I guess, Luther in place of Superman, Mare in place of Aquaman, Scarecrow in place of Batman. What do you guys think about that? That that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because then you fill in the Flash, Adam, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And all of them are Green Lantern, so... <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, that was wow. an interesting, uh, interesting fact to throw out there. And I, I'm bet, you, I'm betting you next issue we're going to see Mara. She's going to spew blood and she's going to manipulate it like she does water. I'm, I'm seeing that coming. Oh, that would be oh, so wow. cool. Yeah, that would be cool. What you go and on the the very last page uh, of this issue, you have like that the checklist for part three of Blackest Night, and you have all the the new people, and then there's Hal Jordan in the background. So it's all the colors. That's actually the cover for the next issue, and I think online as well they posted the variant cover by Mil- Milagri, or however you say his name. It's a nice painted cover of all the Black Lantern superheroes. Oh, wow. I'm just wondering if Orange Lantern Luther is going to go straight after Black Lantern Superman. <laughs> <laughs> he probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. He'll be the first to try to kill him. You know, like... It, I guess it makes sense from the point of view that they're getting, like, a representative from, you know, all the the members of the Justice League that I hadn't even considered that at all. And that's actually a really, you know, great thought. But, I mean, aside from that, like, you know, would you think Mera should get rage? I mean, after all of her, you know, being able to control her emotions, you know, it seems like they amped up the rage in this issue alone. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Like, she's been keeping in check for so long that in the heat of the battle, it finally blew up or something. But, yeah, that that was a little weird. Although, I did like seeing her, like, get in Wonder Woman's face. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually going back and rereading some issues to see when, when she's been seen by the Black Lanterns, if red was mainly her color or not, because... I, I can't recall that at all. I know with Barry, it's always been blue, 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 hope, 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 but I don't remember with Mera. Mm-hmm. I love Wonder Woman's uh, violet lantern costume. <laughs> she looks like Carol, almost. Well, it's but it's got the elements of the Wonder Woman costume in it. I can't decide if she looks more slutty or less than <laughs> than Carol does. Because <laughs> she does have... The, the placement of the star, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, the question is, does she look more slutty like this or in her regular costume? This. Definitely this. 
Uh, Let me try to remember what she looks like before. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got more skin showing now. Speaking of skin showing, I kind of like how how uh, Ray's costume is kind of a tweaked version of what he wore in, like, the Sword of the Atom days where he lived in, like, this jungle tribe of tiny people. Yes. Yeah. One thing I'm definitely looking forward to next issue is we finally get to see Black Hand do something. Yeah. You know, next Black Hand Unleashed. So now we're gonna see what the what what this entity of death can really do. But I mean, this issue was cool. It it read kind of fast for me. Um, it's I think it's just pretty much set up for the end game. Yeah, I I was I don't know. I guess I wanted it to be a, a little bigger in terms of like what happened in it. You know, because like there was definitely some cool stuff in there, like that page turn reveal of like of Jon Stewart racing towards Earth with the Black Lantern plant Zanshi and, like, billions of Black Lanterns hot on his heels. That was really cool. Especially if you're like me, you didn't read the Green Lantern issue first. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you guys actually sat here and tried to pick through all these Black Lanterns in this ba- in this scene. Oh, God. Uh, I tried and I for, like, a few minutes, and then I stopped, but I, I recognized some of them. Yeah. Yeah, if... There's the little lizard-looking dude with the forearms right by the triangle on a on Zanchi. I know it's one of the characters we talked about. And then you have the whole inversions. I see most of them. And yeah. isn't it cool that e- even though they're dead, you still have the former Hawkman and Hawk Girl still holding hands? Yeah, that's sweet. Oh wow, that's a good catch. You've got um Airwave. Do you see right above Hawkman's wing the one that has kind of a lightning bolt symbol? Yeah. That's Airwave. That's how I think that's Hal Jordan's cousin or something. And r- immediately behind him is uh, Venom. So there you go. <laughs> that's one of the five inversions. He, he has the mouth on his chest. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely some like standouts that look familiar. But there's a lot of general people. Jeez, I wonder how long it took him to draw this double page splash. Yeah. And what about the art? Have you guys... I don't feel like the art has been suffering at all. Do you guys think Reese's heist has been uh, keeping up the pace? <laughs> well, I, well, Evan Hayes has. Ivan Reese has been slacking majorly, I, I, though. <laughs> I, I, I said it once for each of you, so you both can get can get the proper pronunciation that you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we appreciate that. No, um, actually, I think this art is is even better than, you know, the previous issues. It's getting better. Yeah, he's he's really edging out Van Skyver as the uh, the the Green Lantern artist. Oh, let's let's not let's not open up that can of worms. <laughs> God, no, no, I've been happy with it. Like, like the first issue, the very first issue of this, I I had issues with the art, but then I read through it again and I kind of kind of saw reasons for why he did stuff he did. Yeah. And since then, I think it's been like as the story has opened up. Panels have gotten less claustrophobic, and it like there's been more big, high concept stuff happening. So it's been like I think it has been progressively getting. I almost want to say into like a more of a a comfort zone for readers, where like like it looks right, you know. That's the only way I can think to say it. I love the uh, the mirror reactions when they're in the uh, you know that little dark dimension type thing. That's that's really good. I love how she ripped off Eclipso's uh, jaw and mouth, and she's still able. Eclipso is still able to say Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. 
<laughs> you don't uh, need her to get us out of here, right? No. <laughs> Good. Murder. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's when the rage took over. Yeah. She was fine up until then. And then she's like, yeah, nope. Boom. Time for face ripping. Speaking of time, I like. what did you think of this little trick where to uh, dodge the black rings, Barry takes himself on Hal like two minutes into the future, two that, seconds or two something. Two seconds, yeah. It was smart because with the whole uh, emotional tether that was joined and, and nobody could stop those rings. I mean, everybody was trying to throw something at it. It broke through Green Lantern's barrier. Uh, St. Walker couldn't stop it. There was nothing they, nothing else. It seems like there was nothing else they really could have done. Yeah, it's like just remove their target altogether. It's basically what we saw happen in Booster Gold like last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys had me rolling. <laughs> I just listened to that episode recently. Now, I, I, I haven't been reading Booster Gold, but I do know that he did get a he did get Blue Beetle back, and then had to, I guess, put him back to where he had died. Did 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 that happen right before we got into Blackest Night? Is that why he went to the funeral again? No, 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 uh, no, no, no. That no, was some was, time ago. Yeah, quite a few issues ago. That was that was issues six through twelve of the oh, book. Oh lordy! Okay, never <laughs> yeah. Mind. Uh, what you call it with the the Flash bringing them two seconds into the future? Like, I like that. I think it's really smart. You know, it's like a great idea. Like, you know, two seconds is all it takes to break the uh, the tie. The thing the thing that kind of makes me wonder is the fact that Barry was able to realize that. You know, like, he he made that connection, like, really, really quick. You don't think it was just out of desperation? <laughs> like, he can't think of anything else to do? Well, I mean, like, it makes... I, from that point of view, okay, I can see him trying that. But, like, he actually says it's like, you know, the Black Hand and Necron reanimated Bruce and used him to trigger an emotional reaction in all of us that the Black, the black Rings latched onto. So, you know, like, I don't know, it, it almost seems like he figured out, like, something that you would only really be able to see if you were reading the comic. He's a forensic, forensic, uh, whatever it's called, I don't watch CSI, what's it called? Science. Forensic, yes, forensic scientist investigator, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been actively trying to piece this together since square one, you know? I mean, it's... When I saw him grab Hal and run, I figured, okay, he's just going to try and take off and just get so far away that the Black Rings give up. And I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. But when I read what he actually did, and I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, that makes a, a good, simple amount of sense. Like, he was there when, like, the ring started shouting, like, emo emotional tether activated or whatever. So he knows these rings are locked onto them. So what's the best way to get the rings to stop? Just completely remove the two of them from anywhere the rings could find them. So it's like for these two seconds, Hal Jordan and Barry Allen were completely gone. Right. So the rings couldn't do anything, so they turned off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's a good idea. And even if he hadn't realized the whole, you know, the whole significance of it, it would still be a good idea to do. You know, it's like, it, it almost makes me think that, like, you know, they're giving him too much credit 
for figuring this out when they could have just done it and been like, I jumped us two seconds into the future. That must have broke any connection these things had to us. Nah, you're crazy. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's just too simple of an idea for it to be anything bigger. Like, like if, all right, they're going to, these things will follow Hal Jordan and Barry Allen anywhere. Well, then let's just completely remove Hal Jordan and Barry Allen from anywhere, and then they'll stop. So when they pop back in, they've already stopped, so everything's good. What I really liked was, like, the exchange they had immediately after, where they're like, all right, so wait, if we're all here because Necron let us be here, and we stop Necron, do we die? And then they just shared this look. Look, yeah. That was, a, that was like, one of my favorite moments in, the, in this book, because they really don't know. <laughs> and they don't want to die. So... Another question is now, do they have to avoid Necron now? I mean, if they if he spits these rings back at them again, is there any way to stop it now? I mean, do they have to completely avoid Necron? He, they would have to avoid, like, creating another emotional tether to Batman. Okay, or like, could it just be anything, any emotional tether? I think, I, I, the way I see it is that like, it has to be, like, a special one with them. So they'd have to reanimate Batman again and generate two more rings and, you know, create that that emotional tether one more time. Do you think it would work the second time around, though? Because, I mean, now they they would see it coming. Well, yeah, like, now that they're aware of it, then it may not have as much of an emotional impact, so it may not work. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters so much that it's Batman. Like, if this story happened while Superman was still dead by Doomsday, then they would have just used Superman. It would have been the same. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, they needed that extreme of reaction out of these guys because, like, like with the, with a typical dead body, the Black Green just hops on and does his thing like it's programmed to do. But if when your body's not dead, it needs to access you differently because like there's this wild card of you being alive to work around so it's like like maybe as long as they keep their emotions in check to a point the black rings can't like get them i don't know (laughs) Um, great issue overall what you call it the uh the idea that all the black lanterns are headed to earth now do you think they actually meant that all of them or do you think that there are going to be some left over on Oa trying to get at the green power battery? Uh, I'm kind of at a loss with that just because the inversions were on um, Yasmo. Was it Yasmo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. They were on Yasmo with the red central power battery, and we really haven't seen anything about that. So it looks like they left the power batteries alone. Yeah, because we really don't know what the the next stage or stages of the plan is, you know, like, okay, the Black Lanterns first show up, they're trying to get the power levels to 100%. Okay, then they do that, and Necron shows up, and they're ordered to, you know, take out the biggest deposits of emotion they can find, which is the power batteries. Okay, but I guess it comes down to, like, what what is Necron ultimately trying to do? Because he's got this, like, huge army built up that's scattered across the universe, so if Necron's here now, he's at 100%, whatever his ga- his big thing is, whatever the Guardian's lie is, 
now it's the time that Necron is pulling in all of his army for one concentrated effort towards something. So it's like, like I don't know, I don't know how essential the destruction of the batteries are, or is it just you know what we got some time? Take this out so it can't bother us. <laughs> Maybe there isn't even a battery on Earth. Oh, there's a black battery. Maybe they're trying to take that out. Yeah. Maybe they're all going to fly into the black battery and try and, like, charge it up to supercharge. Well, let's consider that you have the anti-monitor in the battery as well. So what does that mean? I keep forgetting about that. Damn it. (laughs) And, you know, and and now that we're talking about batteries, we still have the one on – the violent one on Xamarin that blew up. But then also on Xamarin, weren't they collecting different rings, different colored rings as well? We haven't seen none of that as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that chamber. Even though it all blew up to high hell right now. <laughs> yeah. And the Predator escaped. Yeah, that's going to be one of those where, like, there's got to be something of that planet left. Just because, well, the Violet Lanterns still have power. <laughs> For, maybe maybe they'll run out of a charge eventually. Yeah. I think, I have a feeling that Love probably could last the longest without having to charge up from the battery. Like, I think that there's probably other ways for love to charge up. What would be cool is if, like, like the remaining sapphires that still have power have to go out and, like, try and wrangle the predator so they can use it as a power source or something. Yeah. Probably won't do that, but that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Do you think Do you think it's going to come back into play at all during Blackest Night? I don't know. The predator, I really don't think so. Well, you have the black hand with the black power. Um, next issue, if you look at the cover, you would have to imagine that Parallax is going to come into play. Um, For Green Lantern. Yeah. Parallax, Black Lantern. Oh, and then in the next Green Lantern issue, they also said something about, uh, the Spectre. You know, the Spectra coming into play. And, you know, like I, I said a couple of episodes ago that I have a feeling that that's going to be the red entity. They've hinted at it in the in the book of Black, yeah, the back. Exactly. So, I mean, that's three entities right there. Um, you know, at any given point, they could pull Ion out of the sun, give the you know a royal screw job to all the people on uh, Daxum. <laughs> Yay! Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. They have two issues left to go, so it's a possibility. I almost hope the Spectre isn't the entity. You know. Yeah, it seems too too in control for something. Or maybe, well, see, I don't really know the character that well, but it is bonded to a human soul. Does that bond tame the Spectre? Have we seen the Spectre not bonded? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Leading up to uh, Infinite Crisis, Day of Vengeance. It was like <laughs> the, Spectre, the Spectre without a host was just going around killing everything. <laughs> so it was, it was just like, like a rabid beast. Yeah, it's still... It, it's like it was going after all magic and all magical creatures because it felt that magic was a chaotic source of evil. Basically, he was like a guardian on crack. <laughs> okay, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I, I just like the idea, like like not every facet of the DC universe necessarily has to be tied in so tightly, you know. We'll see. Uh, one thing that I was wondering, um, Ray Palmer, the Atom, 
gets an indigo ring. Where the heck did his staff come from? Mm, it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to explain it. Oh, God. No, the, the, the staff... Well, they said the staff is the battery, right? So it can't be a construct. Could it come out of the ring? I don't know. Where did his, where did his blatantly non-indigo duds come from? <laughs> May as well ask, why did he learn their language immediately? You know, it just happens. It's, it's part of the whole deal. <laughs> the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> they have a retirement plan. <laughs> like, how much is in your plan? Knock. Oh. <laughs> uh... I liked seeing the ring shrink to fit him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, do like how when each ring found its person, they they kind of give you this kind of zoom look from the ring or through the ring. Yeah. For um, Flash and uh, Mera, that's how it was. Like the ring kind of they use the ring to high, uh, focus the certain panels, certain parts of the panel. Yeah, like you see their eye right through the band. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Do you guys think that they should keep Barry as a Blue Lantern? No. No? You know, I think, I don't think it should be, like, completely in his power set, but I, I think he should hold on to it in, like, times of great emergencies. He may be, may be able to call on the power for, like, a limited time or something. It would be, it'd be an interesting thing to do to him. Hmm. Not to mention, if he has the Blue Ring and he teams up with Hal, that he can give yeah. Hal a charge also. You know, I mean, like, the way I feel, it's like, they should give him the blue ring, and, yeah, like you said, Corwin, like, okay, so he doesn't use it all the time, but, uh, you know, he can't use it all the time. He'd have to be around a Green Lantern to really be able to use it. So maybe, like, when there's some sort of, like, you know, big problem or whatever, you know, he slips on the the ring, teams up with Green Lantern, and they can go, you know, take on whatever they gotta do. Very true. I I did talk about Mira before, but... I'm interested in seeing if these rings affect their current, their old powers in any kind of way. How it, how they're going to interact? Luther will get balder. <laughs> he can he can make a construct of hair now. Yeah. <laughs> Your hair is mine. That would be great to see him doing. Just seeing a big pile of hair in the street. <laughs> um, but the thing with Barry, I didn't think about the fact like without a Green Lantern around, he they could a Blue Lantern can basically fly. And that's it. It's like it. It would be interesting because all right. What's one? What's the one thing about the flashes people kind of get, you know, so so about is like the speed force, and it's just like kind of this this quasi magical catch all to explain all the weird things that don't make sense with super speed as per, as per the flashes. Like okay, so what if all of a sudden now we're all right? He has a blue ring. So, anytime we see the Flash, you know, you know, underwater or in outer space, you don't have to say, oh, it's the Speed Force doing this and that. It's like, well, no, he just has a blue ring, and that's protecting him. <laughs> or, if like, well, why isn't the friction of this doing that? Well, he has a blue ring. That's why it's, it's, it doesn't make contracts. <laughs> he, he still looks whatever. I mean, I, don't, I really don't think they'll do that, no. but it would be an interesting, like, out if they really wanted it. <laughs> Isn't it's it's his uniform? Is that made out of the Speed Force, or is that something new, like recent? Now it's made out of the Speed Force. <laughs> something it's it's something Wally used to do, 
<laughs> in his series, then they stopped that, and now they brought it back in Flash Rebirth. I'll, I'll be honest, the, the uniform out of the ring thing, I didn't really, I didn't dig that at all. Yeah, it's kind of weird. The Speed Force has an excellent seamstress. It does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, so basically, he's like a green. He was like a Green Lantern, where the lanterns can use their rings to create their uniforms. He uses Speed Force. Yes. Uh-huh. Magic. Magic. He's like a Green Lantern, except he can only use his power to create fabulous outfits. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, I read through this, uh, the Book of the Black, and this one is based on hope. And, like, I got nothing out of this. <laughs> I think, like, to me, the whole point of this and I actually didn't even realize that was a hope symbol up there, because to me it's more about fear. Actually, that makes sense. Okay. Because <laughs> like, this thing is basically little ten-year-old William Hand asking, what is heaven like, what do people think heaven's like, and why do people believe in heaven? Yeah. And it's basically they they want to give themselves hope that there's this shiny, bright, awesome afterlife to take their minds off of the fear of what might actually be waiting for them. Like, nobody wants to think about the idea that, you know, all right, maybe our loved ones are just going to rot in the ground, and, well, that's what's in our futures, too. So it it gives you hope to to believe that there's something great after this waiting for us. And maybe there is. I don't know. Nobody knows. Whatever. But from his perspective, from William Hand's perspective, it seems kind of silly. To, like, it's almost like manufactured hope to him. I guess that makes a little more sense. I want a cool derby hat like the Phantom Stranger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something I just thought saying that, unless I'm misremembering, almost all of these Book of the Black pages are from William Hand's childhood, right? Pretty much. I think he wrote it recently, but he's mainly talking about his childhood. Yeah, and that's it's it's interesting. It almost adds a layer to think about the idea that the man Black Hand is is informed by his view of the world through the eyes of a ten year old. You know, it's like, and that's not to like belittle the stance he's taken, but it's just like like in a time where he kind of saw through all the all the bull that people put out there when like the world is kind of simple from your perspective. That's what he kind of latched onto and hung onto for the remainder of his life. What did you guys think of the fact that they put in the, uh, the covers to the, uh, skip month issues in the back here? Waste of space. I didn't even count how many pages were in this issue anyway, but I was a little bit disappointed to see when they got one page from the book of black. Yeah, because when I saw the Book of the Black was only one page, I'm like, uh, what? What the? What are they doing? What are they doing? And at first, I thought it was kind of cool seeing the covers, because up until now, I only saw those uh those photo negative versions that were in like like the solicitations, or whatever. So I'd never saw the full covers before. But after that, I'm like, yeah, I'd see these when I got the issues anyway. Would have rather had more Blackest Night stuff. <laughs> yeah, are we uh? Are we all set with uh, Blackest Night number six? I would say so. It's a pretty short issue for the most part with what actually happens in it, yeah. time timeline-wise. Okie doke. 
So, uh, since we've run kind of long, I guess we're not going to do uh, <laughs> a full-on news segment or anything like that, and we already took a break. So, the one thing that I wanted to mention before, you know, we close out, um, just the other day was the, the one-month anniversary that me and Lauren have been married now. Aww. Yes. So, she got me some clothes, and she got me a toy. And the toy that she got me is Batman from Brave and the Bold in the Green Lantern costume. <laughs> nice. Nice. The clothes had better be the costume he wore. <laughs> no. She, she doesn't listen to these episodes, does she? She listens occasionally. Did you let her listen to the last episode? Um, probably not. I think Dan said a few things that I'm surprised she hasn't uh, tried to kill him yet. Uh, <laughs> what did I say last episode? Was that the whole uh, baby in the refrigerator thing, or was that the episode before? That was before, I think. Oh, you you mean where I said you two were, like, related and married? And <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that was it. Oh, God. It's probably for the best that I don't listen to these things a second time after we record them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Okay, Corwin, so if people want to find you, where can they go? Thecomicaddiction.com. It's uh, basically a fan site. We have all kind of reviews as well as podcasts. Uh, check us out. We're definitely looking for some new reviewers as well, trying to get, try to diversify the line a little bit. So definitely any questions, check out the website or hit me up, Corwin, C-O-R-W-I-N, at thecomicbookaddiction.com. I have you guys on my uh, my Google Reader, so it updates whenever you guys update. Yeah, we we've been slow with the holidays, so we're gonna try to get back into the swing of things. Oh, we know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to give a quick shout out to a new member of the forum, JDD nineteen N ninety nine. Hey, how's it going? Uh, welcome hey. to the forum. He just joined, like, yesterday, didn't he? Uh, oh, he actually joined a couple of days ago. So, um, why don't you close us out, Dan? All right. Um, you can contact us at lanterncast at gmail.com. You can go to our forum at thecomicforums.com. Scroll down to L for Lanterncast. Or you can find our forum through lanterncast.com and see all of our crazy stuff on that website. And um, we have a voicemail number that is, I have it right here, 206-600-7357. We got Facebook, and what am I forgetting? Someone. Um, Individual emails. (laughs) We have individual emails, Dan, Jim, and Jason at lanterncast.com, and... And go bug Corwin, too, at his site. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he said that it was before. <laughs> yeah. Cor- Corwin, are you going to be, is there going to be an episode out of you covering Blackest Night 6? Uh, we actually did a real quick show. We we got Chris back, so um, we're going gonna to go ahead and go to the weekly format. But yeah, look for it probably uh, the 7th or the 8th. It'll be on the site. Uh, it'll be posted in the forums as well. We have a 
quick show where we talk about the first issue of Siege, Image United number two, and Blackest Night number six. Nice. Nice. That should, by the time you hear this, that should be up and downloadable. And Very cool. I think that's all our stuff. Oh. We have more stuff? No. I, we're, we're good enough. I just want to uh, give a quick shout-out to the CGS podcast, who apparently, like, we're actually getting listeners now because of a uh, commercial that they played on their episode. Nice. So... I actually have just been able to start listening to podcasts again, and, you know, I got to start with CGS, and they've been awesome. So, check out Comic Geek Speak. They're awesome. Yep, ComicGeekSpeak.com. Yeah, we'll be at the Comic Geek Speak uh, Super Show next, oh, no, not next year now. Now it's March. Yeah, the, God, it's so close. There's, like, just under... Three months, two months. It, I don't know what day it is. It's it's close. It's close. <laughs> yes, very close. And on that note, Corwin, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Uh, we'll talk to you all later. Good night, everybody. Why'd I ever have to say? Words of shame Words I should never say again Why'd you ever have to read between the lines Creating stories That should have been all left behind Why'd you ever have to hear my voice I love that music Thank God I didn't press the stop recording button until after that. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Okay.